It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. So glad to be back with you today. Got Lee Hubert here today. Yes, sir. Lee, welcome. Thanks. Great to be here. Yes, it is. Thankful to be here. Yes, it is. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week in the United States. Um, I'm laughing. Lee, if we'd done it yesterday outside of my window, mm-hmm. there were two deer, and you can see it's about oh, 15 feet to that grass there, mm-hmm. and they were st- standing there just looking at me. So we had extra spectators at my job yesterday. So, oh, right. they, were so they were literally the deer in the headlights. They were the deer in the headlights. Oh, dear. Yeah. So glad that you guys could be with us today. I'm your host, Jeff Smith, and we got Lee Hubert. Uh, if you want to reach out to us during the day, uh, today, we can be at Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. You can also call us at 1-866-472-5788. Today, Lee, we're talking about onboarding and some best practices Mm -hmm. when we get people hired and all that. Mm -hmm. I want to thank uh, Susan Ward last week for being on the show and talking about global, um, you know, all the challenges of being global, all that. Uh, we've got folks from all over the world. So if you missed that last week, make sure you go back and listen to it. Go back to our Voltcast, uh, VoltageLeadership.com. And if you look at our Voltcast schedule, you can go back to last week. Next week, we're going to have uh, Mark Greenwald um, talk on the show. And a lot about uh, everything from feedback to uh, sort of how we can be purposeful and intentional in our leadership. So cool. it'll be a great show. Um, so Dr. Greenwald will do a great job. Awesome. Today, though, we're hitting onboarding. So, Lee, you know, you came up with this topic. What made you say... Boy, this is a topic I think that our listeners really need to hear. Well, as you know, well, first of all, to thank you. And, and as you know, we onboard people for different clients all over the country. Mm-hmm. Some of them are MDs. Some of them are PhDs. Some of them are scientific people, marketing operations, sales, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And what they all have in common, from my experience, is that when onboarding is done well, it builds engagement, builds commitment, builds retention. When onboarding is not done at all <laughs> or done poorly, you can take a really good hire and turn them into a bad hire or bad turnover unintentionally. And the worst thing about it is it's self-inflicted. Uh, yeah. You know, it just makes me crazy once in a while when I think about these are bright, competent people. You've made a buying decision to, you know, bring somebody into your organization. They have talents and abilities. So don't put them in the deep end of the pool and start throwing them bricks. Let's even get more basic. I love all your stuff. What's onboarding? Right, onboarding, you know, well, not everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, as opposed to you know, reboarding or onboarding or waterboarding. <laughs> waterboarding. Yeah, let's avoid that one. I knew you were going there. <laughs> Hello. Okay, I'm gonna come in the door again. Right. Oh Lord, he's leaving. Right, he's, now we're he's, back. Okay. He's, he's bringing his uh, torture equipment. Okay. Onboarding. Onboarding. It means that when you join an organization, what do, what do I need to know and when do I need to know it? Mm. How soon do you get me up to speed? You know, you've made me an employment offer. Do you reach out to me before I start? And if so, when? And what is my first day like? In other words, in the theater of the mind, what is the creative experience that you're going to, you know, uh, give me to engage me from the get-go, to get the best out of me, to engage my mind and get my discretionary effort? So onboarding is meeting me at the door. At the beginning, I think it's about people and systems. Mm. Um, So you want to go relatively slow, and kind of the model we follow 
is in the in the first 30 days it is people and systems you know don't run with scissors don't you know impale yourself on anything you know go appropriately slow because you don't know what you don't know yeah you know um we, we do a lot of this so I, i'll talk about it a little bit later too and onboarding can also not just be at the start it can be when you get promoted or new to a team and we'll hit that in the second half of the program mm-hmm. here okay um you know, it's interesting because it's, and I know it's one of our tips, you got these top tens, uh, and one of the questions I want to tee up for you is should we reach out before the first day? One of the things I talk about when I'm talking to folks that are getting ready to take that job is really think about what do you want your leadership brain to be mm-hmm. because it's already starting. Mm-hmm. You know, and so some people think, oh, it doesn't start till I get there. I'm like, no, the way you're interacting with your human resource representative, mm-hmm. the way you're interacting with your manager right now mm-hmm. is already starting the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, it started a little bit in the interview, but now we've got you. It's really starting. And people think we've got you. Yeah, people don't <laughs> really think through that. And so I'll give you a, a very tangible example of that. Uh, and I made this mistake when I when I went from Capital One to Carillion. Mm-hmm. I'd been at Capital One for about twelve years, and um, I spent way too much time in my first six months saying the words Capital One. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, what I try to encourage people to say is, you're running to something. Mm-hmm. Be excited about the new job, mm-hmm. and don't spend a lot of time talking about that last job. Oh, that is great advice. You know, and so my mistake was, you know, there was lots of things I saw and could change, and so I was too excited and wanted to do maybe too much. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend enough time listening and really learning the culture. Mm-hmm. I was trying to sort of come in and say, oh, I've seen some great things in this Capital One, and after a while, I'm sure they're like, why didn't you stay at Capital One? <laughs> 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 and so what I encourage people <laughs> is hey, you know, I'm really excited about what you're seeing. We'll talk a little bit more strategy, but I just want to sort of say that out front. But be curious, mm-hmm. but don't be saying, you know, gosh, at, you know, Wisconsin Power, I did X, or at uh, MCI, I did this, or at Lewis Gale, I did Y, or at Cleveland Clinic, I did X, right? And to your point, they'll say, why don't you stay there then? Right. So just, that's a that's a watch out. So let's start maybe with this, uh, you know, top 10 list. Uh, we'll start working our way through. Is that good? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So one of the first things you've got here is, you know, when possible, reach out to new hires before their start date. Well, they haven't started with us. Why would I reach out now? A rhetorical question or a real question? No, I'm you, real. You, you just answered your question. Yeah. Because, because it is about your leadership brand starting. Yeah. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. So think about it. You have a, a moment of truth, a service event, whatever you want to call it, an opportunity to make an impression. It's either a yes or a no. It's a positive or a negative. It does not exist by itself in, in a vacuum. So, okay, what's my experience coming into your airspace, working with you and for you on your team? Mm-hmm. Um, do I feel attended to? It depends on how I'm all the different things we talk over the last couple of years about, you know, in a, in a person's default position. Am I the sort of person that needs a lot of high touch if I'm a high S on the disc for you disc fans? Am I the person that cares about detail? Mm-hmm. Are, are my benefits paperwork and more on that in a, in a little bit, but all the mundane minutia paperwork things already handled? Or am I going to be uh, ruminating over that? Um, am I the person that's going to want to just get to the point and say, why are you wasting my time? with this stuff when I really want to get to the meat of the matter. So it's all it's all fair game. You do really have to know your people. Yeah. And so we're really talking leadership roles. This this matters at front lines, so please hear that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what we're going to be talking about is as we bring leaders in the organization. And just a stat to, to help you get started, they say that when you're bringing in sort of a, a mid-level to upper-level management, within 18 months, 64% of those people do not work out. Because what happens is a lot of times it's cultural shock. 
and it's big changes, right? 18 months. 18 months is all it takes, right? Mm. So that doesn't mean they're necessarily pushed out of the organization, but then often what will happen is they get moved to a different role, but often they don't work out and they bounce roles. I think that's going to start to pick up more in this economy that we've you know, kind of come out of. Yes. You know, folks were like, well, we got them. We, can't, we know if we try to hire again, we're not going to get that position refilled. So they kind of lived with it. But I'm telling you, when we get to this competition and all that, it's going to pick back up. Let me get on to that. Yeah, please do. That, that is perfect. I mean, well, know, thank you. Yeah, well, oh, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you well it's, it's the JMU Dukes shirt that he's wearing, the number one repeating national champion. I'm just being blinded by the light here. But you know, when you think about you know bringing somebody on, it's like okay, what do you do? I think you hire for fit and mm-hmm. you onboard for retention and engagement. Yes. So I can think of a lot of examples. One in particular, you and I were talking about this, getting ready to do the show today. There's an individual I can think of in onboarding mode. They were just not a good fit. Right. They just didn't fit. They were a great contributor. Mm-hmm. And it was like going from a player to a coach, right? right. You know, pick your favorite coach that didn't work out that was a great player. I mean, there's many of them. This individual fit that mold. So they were great, you know, in, in their contributor role. But when they got to the leadership space, they just didn't have it. And you get how much, uh, how long are you willing to roll with that? In the case of the organization I'm thinking of, it was the better part of a year and it was painful. Yeah. And it didn't help anybody. Actually, it cost them some, uh, you know, drama and it cost them some bad turnover. Because there were people that said, well, what are you doing? Well, yeah. Why do you think it? So you hire for fit. So if you don't hire for fit, it's strike one. If you hire for fit and then don't onboard, um, that's strike two. But when I say out, don't onboard, I mean they need to have communication. Don't assume a lot of things. People think because I assume because Jeff Smith is, you know, um, a master's coach and George Sean, all that, and 20-something years of experience that he knows X, Y, and Z. Don't assume anything. Right. You cannot make assumptions. And the people, when they do that, when they get into the coaching mode and we bump into them, well, they should have known this. It's like, really? You know, they should have known that. That's strike two. Strike three is if you do onboarding, you do it wrong mm. or you delegate it to the wrong person or you delegate it to somebody with an agenda. So just hire for fit and onboard for retention and engagement. Good stuff, Lee. Let me hit a couple of specifics about uh, before they start. Um, so we'll talk about day one. I'm not sure if we'll talk about on this side of the break or that other side of the break, but let's start with some specific. Okay. Yeah. Work with the person to create a 100-day plan before they ever show up. Yes. Who are the key stakeholders? Mm-hmm. So that they can be reaching out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So is there a key customer? Is there some direct reports? Was there a position? Was somebody inside the company? Did they try for this position? So that they that we can have a strategy for how are we going to deal with that? And are there some upset people in the team? Maybe there's upset people, internal uh, competitors no. that might actually want the job that you just hired me to, to That's have. That's right. So we need to know that. I'm because shocked. We have to have a plan, not show up day one and have no idea, right? No so, idea? No idea. Again, what's that first 100 days? We're going to talk in the next segment, sort of like how do we chunk that out, the 30, 60, 90. But that first 30 is really focused on getting to know people. And the more that you can start to have some conversations, they all, I'm not talking long conversations. These are 15-minute conversations. Yes. Just to say, hey, I'm, we're excited to come join you. Really looking forward to it. Don't promise anything at this point. This is curiosity. Hey, I just want to introduce myself, make it very personal. But also get from the, the your boss, who are going to be my key peers, mm-hmm. reaching out to a couple of them just to say, hey, I'm really looking forward to, to meeting you. And it's almost exchanging of the CV. Like, here's who I am. Right. Hey, I'm really looking forward to it. Tell me a little bit about you. So that when you come in day one, names and faces start to match. And in today's world with web pages and LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff, 
you can have a pretty good sense of who they are so that when you go through some mandatory HR stuff, you know, you're, you at least know who are the characters and who are the people that are going to be in your story for the next few years. Especially with the key stakeholders. Yeah. You know, who do I need to know? It's people and systems. Who are the key people that I need to know that I either need to make nice with or be aware of right. while walking in the door? If you don't do that, watch what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it can be it can be ugly. You know, so I think for uh, the the leaders that are listening to this, you know, making sure that you um, have set up the folks for success. Mm-hmm. When we come back from break, we'll talk about day one because that's important. Mm-hmm. Day one is not as important, though, as the 30 days before that mm-hmm. to really make sure that they, they know their goals, their roles, who are the key people, and who are going to be the major influencers in their spot. So they have time to put together the pieces. So start sharing things, org charts, start sharing you know, your strategic plan, start sharing like what are the major things that you want them to read so that they can be consolidating all that information so they hit the ground running on day one and boy, watch their confidence just shoot off Absolutely. instead of sitting around twiddling their thumbs for that first 30 days. Well, and don't forget some of these folks are in very high demand. Oh, yeah. And you want them to start on day one because <laughs> it has happened in the past like, oh, by the way, I've been re-offered or retained and it turns out I was just negotiating for more money at my current employer or something to that effect. Hmm. Okay, so that seems like a good time to break. Uh, Lee, break. Lee seems to have some breaking news about what he's renegotiating. No, I'm just nah. <laughs> So glad you could be with us. Lee's going to be with us for the whole day. We, I am we'll wearing talk- my Wisconsin Badger shirt today. We'll be talking about uh, onboarding throughout the show. We'll talk to you in two. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. 
You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. This is Jeff Smith. I got Lee Hubert here today. Yes, Lee, sir. Welcome. If uh, you need a speaker, let me just tell you, Lee has been on fire this uh, oh, listen fall. To, listen to you. He's, he's been speaking like two, three times a week. So uh, his schedule has cleared up, though. So he's got some openings for um, early 2018. Looking so please, at 2018 right now. Yeah. So please reach out to Lee if you need some facilitation, uh, strategic planning, or a, a great motivational speaker. Lee's your guy. So again, Lee Hubert, you can get him at uh, Lee Hubert at VoltageLeadership.com or go to our website and track them down that way. I so, am very thankful. Yeah, absolutely. Seems to be the theme of the week. I don't it know is. where that came from. Yeah. Um, so we are talking about onboarding. I, it, it's interesting. I checked email to see if we got anything. Um, no emails yet. But what I did see was I've got someone that has been in an organization for 19 years and they are leaving. And so they are going to go to a new organization. So, you know, what I would tell you is that our last segment, we talked a lot about what to do in that first 30 days mm-hmm. before they're doing it. This company is doing a great job. Okay, but you know what? He'd been there for 19 years. His organization is counter-offering. You know, so how do we make that day one memorable so there's not buyer's remorse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, so where's some of your, you know, so the second tip, you know, the first one is reach out before the start date. Second one is make their first day memorable. You know, why is that so important, Lee? Well, think about it. You know, your first impression, really your new boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. You're with your new work family. You know, you're going to start to culturally learn things about each other. So it is an impression you make. You know, if you walk in the door and you find out that your whole day is stuck doing mundane paperwork, your computer doesn't work, your phone's not turned on, right off the bat, you've got all these things that you've got negative impressions on. It doesn't sound like a lot, but let me tell you, it is a big deal. I, you know, I, I can't tell you how long you, I can tell you because you've been there. But the, a lot of people will say this. They'll still talk about it years later about what a rotten experience it was getting I'm with that company. Okay, well, since you asked, (laughs) this is 15 years ago. (laughs) No, longer, because it's 2017. This is almost 19 years ago. Holy Mm. smokes. Um, I'm working at Capital One. By the way, one of the best places to work. uh, (laughs) Fortune 100, best places to work. And I'm sort of hair on fire. I'm a really strong people manager. Lots of people in the call center. But I've decided I want to go back to training development and head up some global training programs. Mm-hmm. I've gotten finished my master's. You know, I want to go use that. Mm-hmm. And I've been uh, out of, op- I've been in operations for whole four years. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's time to go back and do some leadership programs. So I go leave on Friday, hair on fire, glad to not be in a call center on Monday. I show up to my new job. I know they know I'm coming mm-hmm. because I go to my desk and there are pins with my name on them. Jeff. <laughs> Or there was another guy named Jeff that was working in the apartment and they just stuck him over there. <laughs> but but literally, this is what happens. There is no computer. This is back in landline oh days. My. So there's no phone. Hello. There's no, you know, sign saying uh, Jeff Smith outside what, the what door. What did I just say? There's no manager around to meet me. Hello. And so I stayed for about two hours. No one spoke to me. Oh, my God. I mean, I went and found a couple of friends that I knew. Yeah, yeah. But everyone was off. They were doing all these other things. So I go back to my old job. And go back, because I got performance appraisals to write and all that. And I'm sitting there for the whole two hours saying, have I just made a colossal mistake? Yes. Now, just think about that. I've been in the company seven years. Right. I've been a high performer. Right. This department had wanted me. It was 40 days notice, so I could wrap up work. So it wasn't like this was a two days, like I finished on Friday, here I come on Monday. It was about leadership. Right. And so, you know, it was interesting. I only stayed in that department two years. Yeah. Short side two years. Yeah. I love the job. Yeah. 
I stayed at Capital One, but just think if I come and I had landed, you know, in another city, and this is my first couple of days, because the second day didn't get a whole lot better. Right. I think I've been calling the header and saying, I made a mistake, I'm gone. And right. so that first day, even as an internal move, mattered. And look at this, it's almost 20 years later, and you can hear the passion. And, and you're know, still talking about it. And I ended up loving that job. Probably one of my all-time favorite jobs. Loved the people. But I never forgot those first couple of days. I'm like, did I really matter? Boy, because I really mattered in my old job. My old department loved me, hated to see me go. And the first couple of days, they were in an offsite. They sort of didn't plan it out. I could have easily started on Wednesday. You could, you could tell if people were expecting you or right. not. And you were, and to not be expected means you're devalued and you feel devalued. It was worse that I had pins with my name, Jeff, because if, if that had not been there, I'd been like, they just completely forgot. But someone took the time to have some pins. At least they knew your name was Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you made an interesting point because there are times people will relocate. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they relocate across the country. It could be across town. Yeah. So if I relocate and I've pulled up stakes and I'm in, new in this culture, and especially if I don't have a lot of support structure around me, not friends, family, my old digs, all that kind of stuff, I have a tendency to just throw myself into my job and mm-hmm. get myself busy, right? Yeah. So that is, you've got a double whammy there. You've got really lots of exposure. And if you don't, you know, make sure you are in that person's airspace, that's a huge mistake because they need that structure. There's a, there's a time frame, whatever you want to call it, the first 90 days or 60 days, where they're going to need to feel that and see that. If you don't do that, do the Jeff experience. Jeff who? Yeah, really. You know, they, they, I know there's somebody named Jeff here, but you're, you know, your computer's not there, your phone's not working. Hey, you're excited to be here, right? I will tell you, I stayed five more years in the organization. Mm-hmm. But you can hear it still, like, what if I hadn't? Yes. Like, you know, it was, and I had been a star performer. Right. So this is like. Right, it was like you were, you know, a drag. You know? Right, yeah, they, they were happy to get me. You know, yeah. I'm like. Wow. So we had good conversations about how to onboard in future programs. Well, that's part that's part of the thing. Don't be afraid to ask people what we did right and especially what we have to, we could improve. Well, and you also talk about this. This is number three. Keep schedules tight at the beginning. Um, why? Why do you want to keep schedules tight at the beginning? Because they don't know. The new hire, new placement does not know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, these are competent people. You're, they're growing you for the right reasons. They have technical expertise almost always. When people fail to launch, it's over people or culture. Right. Or what I said at the outset, fit. Hire yeah. for fit, onboard for retention and engagement. So you need to keep it close to the vest at the beginning. Do not do not allow any portion of a le- legacy culture to intervene on your behalf in your absence. Because the first thing that hits their hard drive may not be accurate, may not even be flattering. Yeah, I, you know, I'll build on that for you. <clears throat> you know, so I think there's... Keep it tight and a little bit loose. And here's what I mean. Um, so as a participant, don't let yourself go the whole first week and not meet your team. Mm-hmm. Right? So it should be tight, but it should be, here's some of your team. Here's some of your boss. Mm-hmm. Here's some of your peers. A little bit. Here's a little of your customer. But not a whole lot of downtime because you want them to, to feel busy. Let them have a little bit more downtime a couple weeks in. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you on the tight. But if you were going in, uh, and this happened to me when I came to Carillion, actually, they were going to have me my whole first week not meet any of my direct reports. It was all sort of HR benefits, and then it was like leadership programs because I was going to help oversee leadership programs. They're going to drop me right into classes. No, that's but, I, not- but I had about a staff of 10 people when I first started, and I wasn't going to meet them at all. I'm like, you of, so all, you of all people. Well, and here it is. There, this new director, first time they'd hired a director from outside the organization in probably right. seven or eight years at right. least. So they got this new director coming in. 
And so everyone I know have been talking about me right. because I got notes and stuff. There he is. There he is. Right. And so then I'm not, I'm holed up and they can't find me. So also make sure that people have the chance to really connect in that first week because they want to look eyeball to eyeball with you, right? When that happens, it's the first building of the trust bridge. Yeah. I make eye contact with you. You acknowledge that I'm here. It's not a super deep dive, but if you are off the radar screen, it's like, why Why aren't you here? Yeah. Why, are you, why are you saying thing? Why are you ignoring me? Even eyeball eyeball can be Skype because I know we've got a lot of folks that are distributed around the world. Mm-hmm. But make sure there's a setup time for a half an hour Skype call where it's dedicated and I can look at you and get to know you a little bit. Absolutely. All right. So let's go on to number four. Use the entire team in onboarding. This, uh best practice number four. And for folks, you don't have to worry about taking notes. Lee's already written a blog on this. We'll post it in the next couple of weeks on mm-hmm. our, in our website. But mm-hmm. you've got use the entire team in onboarding. Why is that important? Well, you got a couple of reasons for doing that. First of all, you want the person to get the cross-cultural, cross-sectional flavor of of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't function in isolation, neither do they. Your work product is going to depend on you all working together, mm-hmm. collaborating. Yeah, right? Of course. Another part of that is to make a big deal out of your presence. Announce it to the company. Yeah, hello, cha-ching, cha-ching. Announce it to, he's dancing here, guys. <laughs> so announce it to the company that you're here mm-hmm. because it's almost like you're, you're, you're coming out party. It's almost like a, a a debutante ball, if you will. It's like, you know, not that you have to be, you know, <laughs> if you can see what I'm seeing. But it's make a big deal out of it because because you're building up that person's internal brand from the get-go. Yeah. So if I'm introducing you, if I were to say, hey, here's Jennifer. Oh, no, she's our leadership director. She comes from us from Los Angeles, by Chicago. She's got all these things and passion for strategic and women stuff. And you're going to walk away from that meeting with me going, yeah, the next time I'm going to know that I'm going to go. Yeah, they got they've got it going on, right? I just want to hit a point that you've got in this note that I think is really critical. Um, make sure that you assign a buddy or a mentor mm-hmm. that wants to do it, mm-hmm. right? So I don't want to uh, kind of breeze past that point, you know. So this helps smooth out some of the, you know, I'm not saying take the person that didn't get the role. That's probably not. That's a <laughs> that's a big ask. I've seen that done a couple <laughs> times. That's a big ask. <laughs> I said ask. Ask. It's a big ask. Um, and so what I'd say, though, is that find someone that's interested. This could be a way for them to coach, develop. I try to use someone that really understands our culture and can be that sort of cultural maven. And what I mean by that is they're not so stuck that say, oh, this is the way it's always done. Mm-hmm. But they're good at explaining it and saying, mm-hmm. hey, here's some of what's going on so that that person can be really there and help you understand if it can be sometimes outside of the department but you get to meet with them a couple times. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That happened to me in healthcare with yeah. Kim, with Kim Rowe. Yeah. She was, I refer to that as my seeing eye dog. Yeah. So when you hit the door, remember there's all these different things. You're dealing with people and there may be agendas, there may not be, don't know. But how wonderful and how valuable is it to have somebody who you think is ethical, doesn't bring an agenda, who can just give you some straight skinny about what's it, what's it like to work here. Man, that must have been a great boss that matched you up with It him. really, really, really was. It was, <clears throat> Jeff, it really was. Let's hit this one real fast. Uh, this number five, spread out the paperwork. So this uh, will get us halfway through before our break. So okay. why is spreading out the paperwork so important? Well, you said it. If you, if you got to your desk and the first thing you did was a week's worth of stuff, uh, you know, meetings and paperwork, and it's like, okay, why? How can you let a week go by if you're the new leader in something called human resources and not see any humans? You saw a lot of inanimate objects. I just don't get that. So, 
it, it, the, one of the fastest ways to shut somebody down is to lock them in a room with boring, mundane stuff. Remember, these people have all kinds of new job enthusiasm. They want they you want people to be exposed to this. They've got you know energy and enthusiasm. They're going to say, tell people, hey, I'm happy to be here. And by the way, they can give you feedback as to how things are going too, because their perspective is not inside your own four walls. We'll pick up on that uh, kind of after the break. So if you're a Bon Jovi fan, we're halfway there. Go! We're living on a prayer. We're halfway through our list. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes to finish out our uh, top 10 onboarding tips. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Aliens with Gas, we are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix, a phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I've got uh, Lee Hubert here today. Lee and I have been having a great conversation around onboarding and why it's so critical. And yes, we'll, sir. Lee's going to be here with the rest of the show. And, uh, you know, again, it's uh, it's always fun. So if you need a, uh, a great keynote speaker, Lee from Voltage Leadership would be a great person to, to have on your team. And uh, apparently he's going to talk to you about Wisconsin Badgers football this time because he's wearing his Badger shirt. He's, well, hey, go Badgers. I lived in Wisconsin for many years. And you know what? They were the doormats of the Big Ten until Barry Alvarez brought them around. There you go. 
All right, so let's get back to onboarding. We're on number six. Announce the new hire to the entire company. We talked a little bit about that about the break, but, you know, uh, it, I think what you said was really important to sort of launch that internal brand, make sure that people know why this person's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the folks I coach, um, she had been in the organization for about six months in a consulting capacity, and then they decided to hire her full-time. They never made an announcement. And so for the last six months, people have been like, she's on the executive team now, and they're like, who is this? Like before when I was just sort of a consultant, it was sort of a soft announcement mm-hmm. and they're never sent out a company wide. Like this is the person's role. They're like, she's been with us. That's and just dropping the ball. Yeah. It's just yeah. fighting an uphill battle for like, you know, she doesn't get scheduled for certain meetings. You know, they question her authority, you know, and it's just, she's operating with one arm behind her back right. where, where it could have been an easy like, okay, we're shifting you from consultant to now you're on the leadership team announcement to everybody. Here's her roles and responsibilities. Doesn't sound hard. Right. I can't tell you. You know, Lee and I know because we see it all the time. But yeah. you guys are like, why would anyone do that? I'm promising you, many organizations do this. And then it gets to the point where it's like, well, I should have done it two or three weeks ago. It's okay. Do it now. Yeah. Like, now, well, it's never too late. We use the, the busyness excuse. Well, let me ask you did they make an announcement when you got to your groovy desk with the Jeff Pens? Uh, no. Okay. So, the no announcement. So, they, people made the assumption, well, we know you, you're already here. But remember, to my point, make a big deal out of it. Make it because it is a big deal. You, this, somebody's professional life is changing, and, and and who knows? I mean, you've been with the organization for X amount of years or whatever. You may have uh, increased your worth. You got new credentials, new training, new degrees, whatever. And and people, you know, that fuels a lot of people. Recognize my accomplishment. Now I want to apply it to something. Just don't let it sit there. I feel like we're in the 12 days of Christmas, I got to just tell you. Um, <laughs> so we're at number seven. <laughs> seven swans of swimming. Or we could also call this set the new higher expectations early. You oh, can tell, you are on fire. You can tell I've been, uh, the Christmas music's been playing. It's I'm, like, I'm, I'm like at the seven swans swimming. Or in this case, set new higher expectations early. I think of all of these, this might be my favorite one. Yeah. You know, so. Tell us why you put it in there. Well, I would I would say first of all, you can't you know how do you know what you're doing, right? When, right. when we when we get into that 30, 60, 90 model, a lot of times we do not want new hires to outrun their kick coverage to stay with the football thing. Sure. So remember, these are competent people. They want to do things. They're thoroughbreds. So absent their expectations, roles, and responsibilities early. They start taking action, and it could be the complete wrong action. It's almost always like they're uh, they're they're attacking the symptom, not the root cause. Yeah. And, you know, because they just don't know enough yet. Exactly. Now, again, this is assuming this is most where they're coming into an established organization. This isn't a turnaround. You only get ninety days, right? <laughs> so let's you know, because there are some where it's like you know, Neutron Jack from back <laughs> in the day, like come in, blow up the company. But let's say that <laughs> most of the people that are being brought in, they're being brought in to do a reasonable job, right? And, and they have a reasonable amount of time to do it. Hey, if this is, we're getting ready for a sell and we need to come in and do a function, yeah, that's a little different. But for most people, it's set some clear expectations and those expectations are, we want you to be here for a couple of years, so don't try to make this a dead sprint mm-hmm. you know, in the first 30 days and kill themselves. Let me give you some real world examples Please of do. that. We're in the 30 to 60 uh, day window of time now. 30 days, find the coffee pot, okay, get the lights on, find your desk, find your pen with your name, Jeff, on it, all that. And the key, and who are the key people to meet? Right? And, and the key stakeholders. Morph it into that about 60-day window or so someplace after that. Not only meet the key stakeholders, but do your talent assessment. You need to know if there's people that report to you and or you're, you're making nice with those key stakeholders. This is the low-hanging fruit zone. Yeah. 
there may be projects or work that, that you weren't even aware of at hiring time. And it could be very appropriate that they never told you that because it wasn't it wasn't necessary at sure. that point. And sometimes it just came about. Sometimes you know uh, companies move real fast. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that place, it's very good to first of all establish the regular repeating meeting time. To our earlier point about keeping the schedule tight at the beginning, and then ask for feedback from them. Say, you know, how are you doing and not make it lip service? Because if there's something, because this builds that trust bridge we were talking about. If you just smile and grin at me and say, everything is good, I can't help you. And people do that all because they don't want to rock the boat in the first 90 days, right? As onboarding coach, I can tell you there's, you know, not tons of examples, but there's some, you know, people will say, oh, what about this interesting personality over here? And it could be an internal competitor. It could be somebody who just wasn't spanked as a child. Who knows? <laughs> they might have upset life syndrome. Don't know what their dilemma is, but there's challenges there. Yeah, a couple of things from my perspective. The next one is, uh, you know, get teed up there. Allow them to get feedback. It kind of blends in here. So number eight will be allow them to get feedback. So, Lee, I'm coming back to you. But set expectations early. Just picture that this person is like uh, an exercise we do where there's blindfolded darts. Mm-hmm. These are folks that you're giving them tools and we call those darts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we're putting a blindfold on with unclear expectations. And so they got darts and they're supposed to throw them around the organization. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty scary place to be. And so the more that you have specificity with your expectations, mm-hmm. the more that blindfold comes off and they're not just throwing it wildly. Because once you've thrown that dart, people start to call your brand or, oh my gosh, you're going to do this. You're and, a wild dart thrower. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I can pick it myself. I, the feedback that you would have on me maybe in my Capital One days was really nice guy. Uh, is he tough enough? Is he does, is he hard charging enough for mm-hmm. maybe a corporate, a corporate 500 culture, right? Mm-hmm. I come to this new culture at Carillion and within 30, 60 days, I'm getting feedback that, you know, I'm a little too tough and Correct maybe, you know, you know, maybe calm it down just a touch and, you know, my timelines are too aggressive. Back-to-back cultures. And I would tell you, right. if anything, I felt like I was going slower, not faster. Higher for fit, on board for right. engagement and retention. Yeah. And so what I would say is that I felt a little bit, though, like I had darts, but a blindfold on because it was unclear what my expectations were. Mm-hmm. I had pretty good clarity from my business line, but from my HR part of my function, it was very vague. Yeah. And so I made some, uh, I hit some people with some darts by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Later, maybe they were intentional. <laughs> Let's be fair. I'm not perfect. But what I'd say is that I didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't really have a mentor, and I didn't have clear expectations from my boss right. about what to expect. And so I didn't mean to hit some people. Sure. But, you know, you gave me darts, and I got a boss over here in the business saying, go. And you're capable of throwing those darts. Uh, you yes. have lots of capability. And so what I'm trying to say in this analogy is the clearer you can be about expectations – the fewer dart holes you will have. Yeah, people. you're not gonna you're not gonna throw the darts and hit the wrong people, right? So let's go. Let's build on that. Okay. So allowing them to get feedback. You know, this is the expectations is the most critical because they want to know how to do a job, good job. They want to know what matters around here. Yeah. But the feedback's probably next most critical. It really truly is. I mean, here, here's here's how many times have you heard this or heard organizations do this? We would really like to shift our culture to be more assertive or more fill in the blank. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons you're here. Yeah. Because we view you as being that, and you are a good node of influence 
for us to do that. Then they, then you put them into the culture and don't do some of the best practices we're talking about, and they come back to you with feedback. So y- your intentions are good, they, but your your uh, implementation of your application is non-existent. Okay. So you may hear feedback, in the fee- and, and when you hear that feedback, it's like, okay, what are we not doing to get over this? Mm-hmm. Because you just hired this person. Remember, they had all kinds of job enthusiasm. They even had a pen with their name on it, right, sitting at their desk. And now here it is 60, 90 days later, and it's like the blush is off the rose. What happened here? So it's mega important that you listen carefully to the new hires in their first 100 days. They may be telling you a bunch of things that you already know, and we did that three years ago, whatever. That's fine. Still honor their thought process. Here's when I, when I coach people. So I'm coaching the leader, and they're bringing a new person. This is what I tell you. So leaders, listen to this. At 30 days, ask them to do a SWOT analysis for you, a short one page. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats mm-hmm. that they see in their organization. It's going to be raw. To Lee's point, Mm -hmm. it's going to be some stuff that you already know, but I promise you there'll be some zingers in there Mm -hmm. that you want them to give to you. Mm -hmm. At 90 days, I ask them to do it again. And here's why. At 30 days, they're raw, Mm -hmm. and they just give you their initial impressions. Like, why does that matter? By 90 days, they're starting to indoctrinate themselves into the culture, Mm -hmm. and they have a little better sense for, like, oh, at 30 days, it might have just been a symptom. At 90 days, they can really see a process that needs to change. And you only get that feedback once. Because what's going to end up happening is that after about 90 days, they start to sit on the culture. They see the way things are done around here. The way things we way things we do around here. And so they're going to start to pull. They'll start to pull their punch a little bit. Yeah. Versus at 30 days, it's kind of raw. You know, I'll never forget Jennifer. You know, uh, 30 days in at our company and being like, yeah, our marketing stinks. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't disagree. Right. By 90 days, she's like, well, our marketing's not bad considering, you know, how much budget we've got as a possibility. Right. And, you know, in comparison to other people in the industry, sure, we're actually pretty good. Right. But at 30 days, she gave it to me raw. Yeah. You know, well, it's, to your point, it's still back at the other place. Right. And so it was kind of, huh. Compared to what? So nine and 10, let's finish those out. Uh, reinforce culture, cultural values continuously. And number 10, don't allow new hires to go too fast, too soon. So the cultural values, you know, I'll hit and you go to the, to the other one. Okay. You know, be inquisitive. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, letting the let mentors help with that, mm-hmm. making sure that they're interacting with folks that are cultural icons, but also just saying, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be done this way, but here's why it's been done in the past, right? So you're not telling me you can't do it, but here's why things matter. Additionally, you know, when I came into the, the Carilion culture, I didn't realize that this was not a particularly confrontational culture. Mm-hmm. Capital One in my older, that was a confrontational culture. Mm-hmm. But no one sort of explained to me that it was not a confrontational culture. Mm-hmm. So I had the audacity of saying, boy, something that took, they said it was going to take a year. I'm like, oh, I think we could do that for three months if we just did blah, 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 da, da. Huh. How'd that go? Yeah, not so well. Uh, <laughs> you know. But what I'd say is that that's also partly your job as a leader mm-hmm. is to help people understand what's the culture? How do we do things here? Not the what, but the how. So, Lee, tell me a little bit about the don't, don't let the new hires go too fast and why is that important? Well, to add on to that point, I remember I've been in engineering cultures. You mentioned Wisconsin yeah. Energy. Engineering cultures, you know, are unique, brilliant people, most communicative people, mm, not no. so much. It's almost boy, where I was not, not a bad thing. It just is, right? So, 
It really depends. Remember, you know, hire for fit, onboard for retention and engagement. So don't let the new hires go too fast at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Follow the 30-60-90 model. Let me share a real-world example here where we had a person who in the 60-90-day in the to day window of time pushing 100 days, their leadership, you know, as I ask, is what are the things we need to heavy up and really reinforce with this person? That's a good thing to do because each interaction with the new person is your opportunity to do everything we talked about, reinforce the culture and the marching orders. So this is all good. That feedback was it's very important that they learn their function. Sounds simple. What does that mean? You're going to be interfacing with IT and finance and operations and all these different parts of the business. And unless you do that competently, um, your credibility is going to suffer and people won't trust you and you will fail to launch. Good stuff. We hit all 10. So that's fantastic. I think it's about time for a break. Uh, So let's, um, you know, let's do this. Let's come back after the break okay. and let's wrap up with maybe a story or two and uh, a few takeaways. Our top 10 tips, you okay. know, were fantastic. But what are the top two things that we want to get to do? Sounds good. I'll come back after the break. <laughs> we'll come back in a few minutes. See you then. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
Welcome back, and so glad you could be with us today. It's been a fun show. Um, yes, and, sir. And Lee Heber's been here with the, the whole time. So, Lee, well, let's wrap up the show around this uh, onboarding and uh, you know some of the best tips and tools. You know, one thing I'll hit, and then I'll swing it over to you, is okay. um, don't let this be just for external new hires, right? Mm-hmm. So I told the story about moving over in my Capital One days. Mm-hmm. When you bring someone from another part of the organization, they have to relaunch themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to be seen as in a new and different role. Mm-hmm. This isn't just them moving from one department to another. Now, they can go, your timelines can speed up some. So mm-hmm. instead of like 30, 60, 90, it might be more like 15 and, you know, sure, 45 and 75, you know. right? You know, so it might be able to speed up some mm-hmm. stuff. But don't assume that just because you moved them and tapped them to a new spot, that they don't need clear expectations, that their role needs to be announced to the world so that people can understand their authority, role, responsibility. Absolutely, yes. So don't take that for granted. And then also, as you consolidate and start a new team, onboard the team. Mm -hmm. My last thought on this was, this was in the Wall Street Journal about a week and a half ago, a new trend to to keep an eye on is that people are starting to hire whole teams in now. Mm -hmm. So you talked about you're bringing one person in and you're trying to change the culture. Instead, let's say you got this project, they'll hire a team of six, seven, eight people. Mm -hmm. And so you should start thinking leaders about how would you onboard a whole team to come in and lead a project or new product development and what would be different about that? Stay tuned for uh, some more thoughts on that in the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, plug and play. Interesting. But, you know, you've got some thoughts around some tips, tools, and Yeah, and yeah, well, you mentioned, story. you know, sure. you and I have both used in the past 100-day action plan, which yeah. is very, very good. If you haven't read it, it's an easy read. There's some really good takeaways from it. I used it when I was down in Carolina at mm-hmm. Wake. It was all good. Pedrasa is one of the main authors. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's about, you know, it's fairly aggressive. It may not actually line up with first 100 days, but it's a great framework. Yeah. Especially the part about the talent assessment. Yeah. And you've heard the words, who should be on your bus, who's in the wrong seat, who needs to be removed uh, from your bus, who is not even aware or even accepting of the fact that you are now driving the bus. Right. Because, you know, I experienced all of that. And uh, so it was a great framework and it was very helpful. Another uh, key thing I'll point to and uh, takeaway is to like as if we re-recruit somebody. You mentioned it. Mm-hmm. You can re-onboard somebody. So let's say like earlier on I mentioned. Okay, we say we had a bad fit in. Okay, how do I remediate that? Does this person in fact have the horsepower to do? what we thought they were fit for mm. and, and they may or they may not sure. now if they do and they're you know, a good and and that's all you know when i retain them not you know separate and part company we re-onboard people i got a great example of this mm. person who is got certain skill set on the people side just excellent culture thought it was hmm some technical challenges here okay well what does that mean get real specific and i made lemonade and said okay you folks in the culture that are making noise what pro rata share of this do you actually own to get your teammate hmm. up to speed? And are, and are you accepting of that person's leadership and their teammate status? Reluctantly, in some cases, other times not, we re-onboard it. So if somebody did really, really well, you're supposed to go to operations and learn a process, and that didn't happen in the first 100 days, doesn't mean you still don't need it. Right. And they go into the culture and they talk to people and they say, well, you don't, you don't sound like you know what you're talking about, really. It was never put on my hard drive. So make sure that, you know, just because it didn't happen at the beginning, you can re-onboard somebody. And I'm doing that actively and it, it's bearing uh, a lot of results. I will throw in uh, Watkins' first 90 days from Harvard Business Review is also a, a good um, resource for folks to use. Mm-hmm. Um a real quick thumbnail we've alluded to. First 30 days, zero to 30. Remember, start before they ever come, though. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, be intentional, setting clear goals. First 30 days, 
is the meet and greets. Get to know people, key stakeholders, key expectations. What are the processes here? Mm-hmm. 60 to 90, you start to do some talent assessment. You should look for some small wins. Mm-hmm. Don't let me forget to come back to small wins. Mm-hmm. Um, look for some small wins. Start to understand the processes. Now you start to, you know, in the first 30 days, if anyone asks about change, you don't talk about change. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm really curious. What do you think we should start doing here? Are there things we should stop doing? Mm-hmm. I'm really curious. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Now in the six, 30 to 60, start testing out a few ideas and see what people are saying and mm-hmm. look for that small win. 60 to 90 is... Don't forget about the small wins. Yeah, yeah, okay. I won't. I haven't. Um, thank you, though. Um, in 60 to 90, what you're looking for is... Now you're going to start to say, do I have the right org chart? Mm -hmm. Do I need to hire a key person? You also should be developing your plan for the first year Mm -hmm. so that by the time you wrap up at 90 days, you know how success will look like at at the end of the first year. Small wins. So you as a leader, hold back a couple things. Find some things that you could give to the person, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a simple example. Um, one of my organizations, they were getting ready to um, make a uh, announcement on this sort of new benefit that they were going to give. Part of it was casual dress, but then there's going to be some other things. And instead of announcing it before the person started, they allowed the new boss to make that announcement. Wow. That's an example of a small win. Mm-hmm. The, the leader that had been in the organization didn't need that. Right. But for this person to have been there for 30 to 40 days sure. and to be able to sort of say, hey, morale's a little down, blah, blah, right. blah, and then come and make this announcement, right. people bought in immediately. Absolutely. So, so that's an example of a small win. Um, I'll go back to our laboratory experience. Um, we had one where we went and visited one of our labs. They had not gotten like new laboratory uh, benches and some equipment. It cost us about $5,000. It kept getting stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, we, this GM comes, you know, after doing a town hall, comes back a week later and says, it's been ordered. It's going to be here in two weeks. Hello. That's the kind of thing now, what's your next thing? Because he wanted better engagement and better productivity. Hey, he was able to go listen and find a small win, turn that in. Now people were willing to say, hey, here's what else we need to do. Well, he paid the price of admission, too. Exactly. You know, you made me think of something here, and that is the, the leader in onboarding mode to intentionally and willfully create some strategic thought time. Sounds like a big happy phrase, but here's what I mean by that. If you go to the end of that new year you were just talking about, you're into your 90, 100 days, and this is what the success is going to look like in this new year. Fast forward to the end of that year and look back and say, what would be the top two or three or four things that must have had to happen in order for me to call that a successful year. Now working backwards, go look at that and say, do not allow a year to go by without touch points and milestones on these big things. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get sucked into the transactional thing, uh, you're, you're not going to do that. You're, you're going to let those big things go, and some of those things are going to be monumental. You, why, why, why did we do that? So mega important that you create time to listen to the staff because, it, to my, I said it earlier, if you're building that trust bridge, they're going to bring you ideas or ways to make those big things happen. Lee, it was an honor and joy to be back with you oh, today. Listen to you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, again, if uh, you're looking for a good speaker, facilitator for planning for next year, for one of your conferences, Lee is fantastic. I'd uh, love to work, work with you with uh, Voltage as well. Yes, sir. So in our last minute, uh, we've got Dr. Mark Greenwald uh, will be with us next week around some intentional leadership, how you set some clear goals, but also how do you uh, give and receive feedback and be really intentional about it. So we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. If you want to reach us during the week, it's Jeff at Voltage 
VoltageLeadership.com or Lee at VoltageLeadership.com. We're also at VoltageLeadership.com. You can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. In the meantime, you know, in America, I hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving. Absolutely. So much to be thankful for. Take your time. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your close friends. uh, Enjoy good health. And thanks for being with us each and every week. We'll see you next week at 1 o'clock. Thank you for tuning in to VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.